2: Steve Politi from NJ Advance Media, and welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. We have plenty to rant about this week. Keith Sargent, James Crads, joining me, joining me as always. And, fellas, you know, having 48 hours to think about that game, I think the prevailing feeling comes down to four words for me, and it's just "Here we go again."
1: You oh, I, well, well, I thought you were going to start start off the rant by by talking about Adam Korsak, Korsak not winning the Big Ten Special team Player of the Week. <laughs> They went with an Ohio State punter. I thought that was going to be highway a robbery. I thought that was. Oh man, we have to talk about other big picture stuff. Go ahead. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. Go ahead. I, I, yeah, I, I think I think he's already achieved legend status in the Rutgers fan base. Does he really need a, a certificate from the Big Ten to confirm that? I mean, good grief. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So, other than Adam Corsack <laughs> – what I'm coming back to for this game is that it just felt so much like last year. I mean, just everything about it. And, you know, if that's the offense again, you know, this is, we're staring at a one win, two win team again. I mean, it, it's just hard to fathom that here we are, four years into Chris Ash's tenure, and we're still looking at a passing game that can't crack 50 yards. I mean, do, does either one of you guys have something? That you can tell me that will make me think that this was the aberration, that this game was the outlier and the offense is going to be much better than well,
1: that. L- Let me start. Um, so, I'm reading the Illinois, uh, I'm um, the, the, the Iowa coverage from, from the, uh, from the, uh, um, you know, their, their, their beat reporters. And right. I think there was a stat that said that Iowa, it was the fewest passing yards for, for a team against Iowa since 2010. So just to put wow. that in perspective, and it's happened, for Rutgers, it's happened eight times uh, below 50, yeah. you know, in the, in the Chris right. Ash era. I mean, this is just not normal. I mean, it, it's just not normal to, to, to have an anemic uh, pass offense. You know, this, you know, it just doesn't happen.
2: Cratch, can you give me a reason to hope?
1: No, I think <laughs> UMass is going <laughs> to prove to do the aberration.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, here's true.
0: the thing, guys. Like, I, I'm at this point now. Like, I know that I don't, I know I don't carry as much Rutgers baggage as the two of you. But now this is my twelfth my 14th game on the beat. They're now one and two and 12. It's you. It's you. It's uh, not. It's not me. It's me. I no. mean, look. Actually, three and 13, two and 12. So that's a that's five and 25 dating back to the fall of 2017 for me covering football teams. No, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, what we saw on Saturday was a, a situation early in the game where the defense played pretty well. Corsak was tremendous as a punter. Rutgers just has to score one time, and it's, it, it's, a, it's a competitive game. Yep. yep. Even if they had scored right before the half down 17 nothing. you're getting the ball to start the second half. You're thinking, okay, you score double score here. You get to win the touchdown. You know, And they just they can't do anything.
2: It's just amazing. Yeah. I and mean, that's the whole thing. And if, it, if that's going to be, if that's going to be the season, if that's going to be the way this offense, well, then it's over. You know, <laughs> like that's it. There's no, you can't beat, you're not going to beat a team that can, you're going to be Boston College. And then, and that's kind of where we're at now. We're going to, when you think about, you know, and I wrote this as my column and I, no one disagree with me. It tells you that all you need to know about where it's at, but that, that this game is sort of the, 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 the fork in the row for Chris Ash. I mean, if he can find a way to beat Boston College, then we all, everyone will recalibrate and say, okay, this season, there's something that happened. This season, something good might happen here that will be different from, you know, the, the previous three. Uh, but if he doesn't, you know, I mean, you're staring into it. You're just a uh, just a long dark tunnel. I mean, it's do you, do you, I, is Yeah, there anything? I mean, we, we
1: I, I want to just be consistent because we talked about it at the beginning of the year where we said that, you know the Boston College would be the biggest game. I still will say October with Maryland, Indiana, Minnesota. Um, you know, Liberty and then uh, Illinois, I think by November 2nd, we'll know where this team stands. I know, you know, everyone wants to live in a in, in moment and and it will be a bad sign. No question. If they lose the Boston college, um, you could probably make a reasonable expectation that this team's not very good. But, you know, significant improvement is going to depend on them moving up in the Big Ten standings. To, you know, it's kind of what Rutgers basketball did in year three. They went from 14th to 10th. Um, that's kind of what uh, Rutgers football needs to do. They, they need to get out of the Big Ten cellar. Um, the only way to do that is by beating Maryland, by beating Indiana, uh, by uh, beating Illinois. That's the only way to uh, climb out of it. To me, those are that's going to be the uh, where, where the season is defined. Again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Boston College game. It's a big game from recruiting, big game perception wise. It'll tell us where this team is at, but. I, I, I'm not going to say that, you know, it's the biggest game. It's a crossword. <laughs> really?
2: but if you're, if you're, if you're, wait a minute. If you're Tim Russert, if you're st- sitting there with the whiteboard, <laughs> right? You know, an election night, writing down the path to success and you cross out Boston College. It's, it's a non-conference game,
1: Chief. Or... Uh, you know, and,
2: uh, but it, we're uh, great. Okay, but we don't. I mean, still, big, it's still a big game. It's a big horse. Again, a, what a, if they? What
1: if they lose that game? What if they lose wins? that game? They lose <laughs> Michigan. They're one and three, and then all of a sudden, beat Maryland. They beat <laughs> Indiana. And I, I'm not saying that. Wow. You know, look, perception sometimes becomes reality. Answer. I get it, but you know, they they yeah. still significant improvement is going to be defined by climbing out of the Big Ten uh, cellar by by w- winning a couple of those games in October. That's where we're. Significant improvement to me is going to be defined. What if uh, I'll, I'll go the uh, the opposite way? What if they beat Boston College? You know they're standing at two and one, and then all of a sudden they craft a bed in October and they lose to Maryland. They lose to Indiana. People won't right. give uh, give a crap about Boston College.
2: Right, entirely. But at least you get there. I mean, right? I correct. You agree with me on this, or my or my? No, alone I agree on with balance?
0: you because I think if you lose, like if if you beat Boston College, right? No matter what happens at Michigan, and I have a feeling that you know this Michigan offense is going to sputter, 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 and then they're going to put it all together against the Scarlet Knights <laughs> right. at the end of September. That's when they'll get well. Uh No, if you but if you beat Boston College, that means that no matter what happens at Michigan, as long as it's not seventy-eight to nothing, yeah, people are going to be excited. They're going to show up for Maryland. Then you go to Indiana. Then they're going to be excited for homecoming. You know, Liberty. I, I know I predicted Liberty to win. All off season, they've looked really poor on offense. Now it might help that their coach isn't like in a dental chair in a press box at some point. But I don't. I'm not so sure that Liberty is confident. That might be a easier game for Rutgers than I thought going into it. But no, I understand what you're saying, Sarge. I just think that if they lose to Boston College, we know they're going to lose to Michigan. And I just do not see how that one in three team with a bad loss at Iowa, with probably a bad loss at Michigan, with a home loss to BC. Uh, kind of in hindsight, not as spectacular and sharp a win over UMass as people were acting like. How is that team then going to turn it on and beat a top 25 team in Maryland, which is what they are, although I didn't have them on my bout? An Indiana team that looks really good with a young quarterback, a Minnesota team that has been kind of shaky to begin the year, but they've got a lot of talent. They've got a great defensive line, and they've got Rutgers, Minneapolis division. All those guys are going to want to make a statement. Of so I just think like if, if you don't if you lose the Boston College, it's not over and you still could write the ship, but it's very difficult to write the ship and it's very close to this snowballing out of control, which is the way it happened last year.
2: Right, right. And you man it's funny, you mentioned now Maryland in the top twenty five. I think I think Ash has a scoreboard problem too. Not forget his own team. You know, if you're if you're a fan and you're sitting there and you're watching the other action, you you can't possibly keep it on. You keep to BTN. You can't watch this one, Rutgers Isle. You flip over and you see Maryland score sixty-three points in Syracuse. You watch double overtime Army at the Big House. I mean, it. It all of this stuff is just more evidence that just makes it. I mean, the fan base is already impatient with what they're seeing in front of them. I mean, Sarge, you're looking around the country, you know, it, it's not. Impo- this is year four. It's not impossible. To win games when you, when you're, when you're not the same level of program as the other That's a bigger point.
1: And, uh, I think you wrote it in your column where, you know, just once from a Rutgers fan perspective, you just, you know, can you, um, can you pull off an upset? I mean that happened. That, that happened in a really not so distant past. I hate comparing uh, it to basketball because basketball, Steve Peichel has way more opportunities to, uh, over the course of a season, over the course of you know his tenure to to pull off those top twenty-five upsets. But that happens in basketball. You see what that you know the the perception of the program making uh, improvement does uh, with a, a top 25 win. Uh the fact that you know Illinois, uh, Iowa we we said it all, all all along. You know if you just look at recruiting rankings which you know everyone does, look at the talent level of that program, they have been consistently uh toward the middle of the pack or to, toward the bottom of the pack just based on on recruiting, you know th- th- for the last 8 9 years basically. You know, this was not a, an Iowa program. Of course, they were be- better in the trenches, and that's how a lot of football games are won, but they didn't, they didn't uh, scare anyone, you know, with, with, from an athletic standpoint. And Rutgers made them look like the, uh, you know, the, the four horsemen Notre Dame team. Uh, it was, it was ugly. They, you know, I, I, I wrote it the other day. Um, you know, now six Big Ten teams have shut out Rutgers, you know, since, uh, you know, Chris Ash took over six, six teams. So, you know, Iowa joined the, a- amazing. <laughs> But here's the issue, though.
0: Michigan is going to out-athlete Rutgers. Honestly, Maryland's going to oh, do it too, will. especially on offensive position. Will. We saw those yeah. guys last yep. year, okay? Indiana, not, they're not going like, to intimidate Rutgers with their recruiting stars or their athletes, but remember last year, that defense played that soft coverage, and Peyton Ramsey shredded them. Now they've got the kid, Penix, who's even better than Peyton Ramsey. Minnesota, yeah. they've got better athletes than Rutgers. P.J. Fleck has recruited extremely well. Okay, Liberty. You know, fine, whatever. Then Illinois. You know, Lovey's been recruiting well. You know, they they had a pretty good win on, not a great win on the road at UConn, but you know, that showed that. I think that's last year they probably roll over and lose at UConn, and then you finish at Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State. It's just, it's like this is why I think BC is so important because if you can beat BC, you you revitalize the, the air around the program. If you don't, then it's. Over. I think Chris Ash has lost most of the fan base. He's going to have lost the entire fan base, save one or two people. If they lose, that's yeah, a great College. talking
1: point. Again, right. I'll close. I mean, it's just, if they beat Boston College and lose to Maryland and Indiana, you know, the, the season's over that, that, at that point. Then you have homecoming uh, against Minnesota. Then you could write the obituary, but you know, a, a win loss against Boston College does not uh, change what, what, what lies ahead in October.
2: I think where we agree is that they're going to have to beat three or four teams that they're not looking like they can beat at this point. All right. Um, let's talk quarterback really quick. Yeah, obviously, neither quarterback played well uh, in Iowa, but losing McLean Carter at halftime to a concussion, and we'll talk about how we learned about that in a minute as well, uh, certainly uh, you know changed the, changed the whole arc, I think, of what they were trying to do offensively. Art Sikowski came in to struggle as well. Who's gonna? I mean, what what is your sense? I mean, if, if concussion is something you don't screw around with, but they have the extra week. I mean, Sarge, who's starting this week? I,
1: again, the it, great unknown with head injuries, and and uh, you know teams, and rightly so, are more cautious than ever. So hard to speculate. Um, my, you know, push up the shot. My my gut tells me McLean Carter, but because you know, I, I I think they're more confident in, in him. But uh, who knows?
2: Yeah, I mean, do, do, do you see that as well, uh, Kratz? And is there? I mean, I guess there, I, should, I should have asked it this way: Is there another option? I mean, can they? Can they? You know, throw Johnny Langen out there, or is there, is there anything else that they can do? Or is it, is it going to be one of those two guys? Well,
0: I, I would agree with Sarge. I think if Carter's healthy, he's the starter. Um, if he's not healthy, I think it's really interesting because I mean, like in terms of you know, we tar- harped on the importance of the BC game. I mean. It would kind of be, you know, the storyline, would, the plot would thicken even more if it was Art regaining the starting job for this critical game mm-hmm. for the program. But at that time, too, like, and I, and I asked Ash this, and I was surprised that he was like, well, what was the plan? I mean, you, you put Art in a game where he well, was they, down you know, points, said points. He, he said did. that
1: the other day, that, uh, that if there's an injury this week, McNulty said that was the plan, so yes. it wasn't like.
0: No, I understand you said it as a plan, but like I thought, I when John said that, I interpreted him to mean if that like if it happened like when the when it was a football game, yes. But when you're down 20 points at Iowa, you, you so you burn one game of Art already, and if if Art has to start mm-hmm. against BC because Carter's injured, then you burn two of the games. You know, so I, I just I understand starting Art obviously if you have to start him, um, but no, I, I agree. Like I do think that. It'll be Carter if he's healthy. If it's not, it'll be Art. But I really am wondering if, if it's a long-term thing, do they sort of reassess where they stand with Art? Are they okay burning the red shirt? Or do they say, hey, if this thing starts to go south a little bit, maybe we need to put Langan in there.
2: Yeah. I've, got you, I've just got a bad feeling it doesn't matter who it is. It just, I just I think it's going to be a rough a – we'll, we'll do predictions next week on the podcast, but it just got a bad feeling with this one. All right. Let's jump into true or false. You guys know the rules. Please Answer true or false. Only we'll come back and discuss your answers later. True or false? A thirty nothing loss to Iowa is even worse than a fifty eight nothing loss to Ohio true. State. Sarge. Cratch. True. True or false? Rutgers abandoned the running game way too soon against true. Iowa. Sarge. Cratch.
0: Uh, f- false. I see what Sarge is saying, but I'll say false. Okay.
2: okay. True or false? Passing for more than fifty yards in two thousand nineteen shouldn't be hard. Uh, cap- uh Capital True. T True, True. <laughs> Yeah. All right. True or false. The fact that McLean Carter's girlfriend broke the news of his concussion on Instagram it's no
1: big capital deal.
2: Capital F false. <laughs>
0: so no one I'm not complaining.
2: True. <laughs> <laughs> True or false? <laughs> that's a great answer. Don't overreact to the secondary's problem. It's still the strength of this team. True or false? crash. You go first false false, yeah. false, false,
0: false, false, false.
2: Sorry? False. True or false? BC attendance under 20,000. Announce attendance. We leave that. Announce attendance. 750,000. Give away you know, a lot of tickets 50, again. Yeah. Okay,
0: Cratch. I will say false of as well because of I think the, the the BC fans
1: will
2: be in the building. Okay. True or false? Ditch the whole thing and run the triple options.
1: Cratch, you go first. True. Uh, I would say okay. false, but you know I, I don't want Cratch hating me the rest of the year, so let me say yeah. true.
2: Let me say true. It's gonna, right, it's going to be another another three hours <laughs> of my hearing them. Okay, uh, true or false? Australia Australia's greatest <laughs> export is pumping.
1: True. Yeah, I'll say true. I'll say true. <laughs>
2: Hopefully,
0: we don't true. have a trade war with Australia. <laughs> and
2: finally, exactly, what will happen then if we limit if we limit the number of people from Australia who can come to the country? Okay, true or false? Iowa is a top three big ten destination for fans.
1: True, true,
2: true. All right, good stuff. Well, this is fun. Let's go right to the, the to the to the one that is still uh, it still just blows my mind. So, I, all right, so I a lot of fans. We go back and forth whether or not it, you know Chris Ash. You know, could or should reveal that this was a concussion injury after the game. I, I, I understand what people are saying. It's hard to do it right after the game. I do think, though, if you're in the concussion protocol, you can say, Hey, you know, McLean Carter suffered a concussion. We do not have uh, any more information on it or, or something. Or, or was tested for a concussion. Something. Anyway, he was, yeah, you know, he did not say that he was very uh, terse during his four minutes and 17 seconds that he was allowed to speak to the media in Iowa. Uh, so. It, now, the, this, this, uh, the news actually broke because Carter McLean's girlfriend took a picture of him lying on the bed with his dog and said concussion. I, I, I mean, sorry, it's just the idea that information gets out like that in the college. Yeah, program, it's, 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 it's a, it's a problem.
1: Um- on, on several levels, it's not just a Rutgers thing. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you the Antonio Brown, you know, NFL example of Antonio Brown, you know, <laughs> posting the, uh, you know, the details of John Gruden's conversation on, on, on yeah. his, you know, on, on, in that video. Um, so, you know, it's a social media thing. Players are, are, you know, it's 2019. It's not just a Rutgers thing, but it's a problem in general. And here's why, because. You know, this is a, you know, program and Chris Ash is not unlike a lot of, uh, college football coaches who wants to keep injury information in-house. He, you know, and I, I, I happen to disagree, Steve. If he doesn't want to acknowledge that it was a head injury, uh, people have said, well, HIPAA and all the other stuff. I'm, leave that aside. I mean, if he doesn't want to acknowledge that, you know, what, what the specifics are the injury are, are, I, you know, I can't rip him for it. That's fine. That being said, yeah. It, it, when it, when it when it's the quarterback's girlfriend posting it on 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 instagram it's just a bad look and this comes on the heel heels of yeah. you know the star you know a, a potential you know a tight end who was going to play his father goes onto an open facebook forum reveals that his son is, is out for the year talking about uh jonathan lewis you know again i i preface it by saying it's 2019 it's not just at rutgers but it's a bad it's a bad look um you can't. It just can't happen. It's just you can't. If you're trying to keep this information in house and trying to have a competitive advantage, which we know Chris Ash is all about that, he did. He, he did that for for week one. You know, playing coy on the quarterback. You just can't ha- have this. It's just one of those things that you need to do a better job. Yeah, that's it's it. It's a lack, lack of control, control and, and you just yeah, can't have this. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah, so Cratch, I mean, any thoughts when I mean, what was your first take when you saw that? Obviously, for reporting purposes, it was pretty good for you because you got the story.
0: Yeah, no, well, I mean, my big thing is that I
1: want to defend Crash because I've seen this perception out there on on uh, you know some of the message boards that Cratch was stalking, um, you know, his girlfriend's uh, Instagram. No. That did not happen. I will say, I will uh, give you uh, you know an, a, a, the fans just a little glimpse of how the sausage was made. We got that picture. Neither myself, I I I believe I, I can speak for Cratch. Neither of us follow any of these players, mm-hmm. let alone the players' girlfriends on on on, on Instagram or any social media tra- channel. At least I don't. I don't even follow players. Maybe a few on Twitter, but certainly not on Instagram or Facebook or any of the other thing Those channels. Cratch was not stalking. We got the photo from a source, believe it or not, inside the program. So. We're obviously not going to reveal who it was, but you know this was out there. This was out there. Um, this is news. You know this is relevant news to to you know. So just to defend, because I because I saw on message boards that Crash was stalking, did not happen. Go ahead, Crash.
0: I understand that there's privacy laws and that coaches are trying to be. Um, you know, air on the side of is, I'll give you a little inside baseball story. When I was back in the Giants beat, uh, when he just had gotten the job, we all, all the beat writers went up one by one and sat with Ben McAdoo. I don't think I'm violating any confidence here. And he said that he got, he always personally was worried discussing injuries because he was afraid of privacy laws and that someday, like somebody, some coach was going to get sued for saying the wrong thing. Now, I, I told him that that's not really the same case in the NFL, it's CBA. What I do think is, this is where the lack of an injury report in college football and not to get involved with that this is where it hurts because what if it simply is just a concussion, then I think if there was just some way for them to say, Hey, he's day to day or he didn't suffer a season, any injury or like, you know, that way, just like, like you just let the world know that, Hey, like he didn't break his shoulder, you know, or his arm or something. He didn't, you know, Suffer a fracture. You just say he's day to day, and then we move on. And he, he we're all day to day. So right. it's that's uh, what yeah, I think. Yeah. I just think that, and it doesn't have to be right after the game, but like the day after, people to want point. to know what
1: the starting quarterback is okay. So just yeah. the press is saying point, he's day to day. Northwestern, Ohio State, other Big Ten programs I agree, yeah. do acknowledge. Um, Northwestern sends out a, a you know a, an email on Friday. You know their injury report. They just say you know the status, you know, it doesn't give the specifics of the injury, but they do same thing with Ohio state. Um, so, you know, every program is different obviously, but Cratch is, you know, you're, I, I think you, you nailed that point because, you know, there are ways to, to tell the fan base in general. I mean, you know, to, you know, it's not us. It's not a media thing, you know, let the fans know what happened.
2: All right. Going back to the other questions, you know, I, I'm interested you're both, uh, down on the secondary, I can certainly understand based on that performance. I, I don't know. I thought that was, you know, I talked to, uh, to, to, to one, uh, observer, independent observer who really thought that this was going to be like a top four, top five. Uh, secondary in, in the Big Ten this year. What happened? I mean, what is the problem? Crash, you did the film review. You, you, you looked at it closely. I mean, can you give me any, any, any insight there?
0: Yeah, I just think that, you know, obviously Damon Hayes and Avery Young both had rough days. Avery Young kind of yeah. got beat on that double move by Amir Marset-Smith. Hayes got flagged three times. You know, one guy that really has kind of surprised me is Malik Dixon hasn't had the impact. I thought he wouldn't. And I wrote this in the film review. You know, you guys saw the the linebacker rotation they had, and it worked, you know, early on at weak side middle. But they got Tyreek Maddox Williams out there all the time, and I end up wonder maybe they had it right last year before you know he got suspended when they had Malik Dixon at strong side linebacker. Maybe that's where he should be. He just seems lost sometimes back there. And Tim Barrow, I thought put, played pretty well at safety. You got Izzy and you got Paul. Wouldn't surprise me if. I don't know if they'll do it, but I think they probably should consider moving Dixon back to the strong side because I think he might be better in coverage and he might give them a, an element they don't really have there, at least some more depth. But yeah, I, I just, it wasn't great, you know. I mean, didn't really seem like they, I, I have to, I didn't look at that as closely, um, you know, because it wasn't really important in the grand scheme of things, but yeah. I don't know if we saw a lot of Trey Avery out there. It's just, yeah, they just haven't played well, but you know what? They get no push. Up front, I mean, no, you know, they need yeah. to push it, and that's not there. And I, I saw someone say, well, you know, the Iowa offensive line didn't, you know, didn't dominate. You know, uh-huh. I, they, they did, you know, like maybe they didn't like knock guys 10 yards into the cheap seats, but it was a stalemate every time up there. Like, at best, there was no pressure whatsoever. I didn't really see any stunts working. Um It's just, I, I think at this point, year four with Chris Ash, his defense is what his defense is. Right. They're not going to generate all this creative stunts and pressures and blitzes. Like It's not going to happen. And they just don't have the guys right now who can do it themselves. So it is what it is. I, I think, yes, the secondary has struggled, but they're not getting much help up front.
2: Right. All right. Before we jump into the next feature, I want to give one one more opportunity, Sarge. You, you wrote about Adam Korzak, Australia's <laughs> single greatest witch doctor with the football We've been 24 minutes into this thing. We've been awfully negative. Let's talk about the one good thing. I mean – the kid is, was pretty amazing. I, that game could have been a lot worse. Look, I mean, he was not you know, the, the, the Iowa punter was. was, was
1: very good as well. Um, you know, we're just talking about average. He actually had a better average. Obviously yeah, yeah, average doesn't play. It may be his best punt. I mean, he had, he had seven, uh, puns, seven of his 10 landed inside the 20, uh, five landed inside the, the eight yard line, uh, two, uh, you know, inside the three. I mean, but his best punt might have been the one getting Rutgers out of, out of harm's way where it almost got blocked. And I think that ball went to like the 50s. So, you know, in in yardage, oh, yeah. net yardage, it might have been like 42 yards or whatever it was, but that was an amazing get-off. Uh, look. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, the team I don't give off credit the team all, feeds all that off often, that, but, but him
1: calling him the Roy Jones of the F- Rutgers football team, pound for pound, I, he, he nailed it. He's been saying it all summer, all spring. I mean, it, it's he's, he's a weapon. Yep.
2: All right. Our next feature. Bringing it back from last year. Road trip. Lou Holt style. Road trip. And so you guys, you can imagine, we're, we're, the three of us are Jersey people through and through. So we go to these places and we see a lot of things that are similar and a lot of things that are a little different. So we're on this road trip. Just a little background. Sarge has agreed. To go on to the Iowa radio show, the pregame show, so we have to leave at the ass crack of dawn for this game. Which, of course, if you listen to it, you know I'm not. You know, Sarge is an early guy. Get there first. I like prefer to get there just a little later. So I'm in. I'm in a mood already in the car, and we're driving along. And I say to Sarge, "All right, let's put the game. Let's put the pregame show on the radio. Maybe something good can come of this." We can learn about what's going on. You know, we can get some information. So we put it on a, the biggest AM st- station in the area in Cedar Rapids. And we're listening to it. And this man comes on and he's, he's talking. He's going, I tried to do the best impersonation I can of it. But he said, well, my, so my, my problem is my hydrangeas, I, 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 they're dried up now and the leaves are curling. They're not just falling off. And I'm wondering if it, and it's going on, it's going on. For about a minute and a half, and the three of us are in the car just listening to this. Like, is this man talking about plants? What what's going on here? And it turned out that we were not listening to the pregame show. We were listening to the Iowa Lawn and Garden Show, which comes on in the mornings before Iowa football. And that led to two things, guys, right? Two things. The one, the one thing was the faint hope. That perhaps Sarge was wrong. Which and I you have just booked I on had the a lot of offer and on, Garden that too, Show, on that topic. Let's right? be honest, I did. <laughs> it would have been wonderful but <laughs> it didn't happen, but sadly, would have been great. And the second thing, we couldn't, because this is for scratch as a Mike Francesca thing, I was just in my head the idea that what if Mike Francesca was hosting the Iowa Lawn and Garden Show? It would be like, you hydrangeas, you can't plant the hydrangeas in the fall. It would be just great stuff. Come on, It'd be awesome. Anyway, those are the two. That was what we got on the road trip. We got a big steak. We loved Iowa. What else you got? What else? You, what'd you like about Go Iowa? Go Hawkeyes! Crouch?
0: Beat the Rutgers. <laughs>
2: beat the Rutgers, right? That was the other thing. So, <laughs> I nearly drove off the road. Tell that story, Craig.
0: Yeah, so we're driving at it, and I will say this: like. The people and I were very friendly. They didn't really seem to know what to do it with the first Rutgers. They really didn't. Yeah. It was like,
2: well, we hey, know they didn't the- like it, but they <laughs> didn't want to say so. We you know
0: they're in the conference, and it's the first Big Ten game, <laughs> so it's kind of important, but not really. I go, I go to the bar before I was waiting for you guys. So I go to the bar, the hotel bar, on a Friday night before we went to dinner, and I you know, get a drink. So, what are you- Oh, yeah, I'm here from New Jersey. Oh, what are you here for? Oh, oh Rutgers. You know, it's like. Rutgers, huh? I'm like, yeah, they're in the Big Ten, you know? And she's like, I was like a sports writer, Star Ledger, you know, NJ.com. She goes, they sent you guys out that far? Oh I'm like, God. yeah, this we, we go out
2: where the team goes. You know? we're, like a ro- we're like a roving zoo exhibit so for people. Scene, it's like, oh, it's like the on?
0: scene in Major League, we're like, oh, <laughs> Cleveland has a baseball team? Yeah, we've got uniforms and everything. It's great. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, and they you know like... The, the, the coverage, you know, we got the, the Cedar Rapids paper that morning. It was kind of like, hey, Rutgers. Like,
2: yeah, that was it. Yes, yeah, a couple, spring te- couple Springsteen jokes, a yeah, couple Sopranos, sopranos
0: you know. Bing Bang Boom, you yeah. know.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, And then we do, society so up with Sarge and we do a yeah, so we're, facility. We're,
0: we're, yeah, I, I, I was project text and slash text. I was running that. But so we're driving down the interstate to get Sarge's big radio interview. And one of those, you know, like, I don't know, like a holiday in, you know, days in on the, on the interstate. It's got one of those big, you know, LED signs. And it flashes like, go guys!" or go Hawks. You can look at my Twitter. I have the right thing there. It's like, escaping me right now. Go guys! beat the Rutgers! <laughs> it's awesome. And it was just like, yeah, it's just, you yeah, know. It. Hey.
2: Gotta love it got love it. All right, Sarge, so what do you got? What did you, what did you like? We, told, we was going to say, we mentioned the fact we did the night, we did the tour, the tour of the facilities and it's just, I mean, another, yeah, that was, I mean, you and I tour, toured
1: toward that athletic. and it was, wow. it was just nice. You know, the trophies and just the way it was laid out. I highly recommend, I mean, Rutgers are going to be unveiling its $100 million facility for basketball, you know, wrestling and gymnastics, uh, this week, as a matter of fact. Um, and of course it's at, you know, Livingston is not near the football stadium, but there are people who park over there. I highly recommend that Rutgers does that type of thing, opens it up to the public. Um, you know, and, and, you know, if it's as nice as the one in Iowa, then I'm going to be re- really impressed. Um, just it wasn't you know it wasn't you know Taj Mahal, but it was just a really nice uh, facility. That let's be honest, a recruit goes in there. We were talking about uh, the kid from Newark who you know who who you know decommits a week before mm-hmm. signing day, and you can imagine people a, a couple of people in the Iowa press box are asking, "Well, why did he do? Uh, why did he decommit?" And you know the the simple answer is like he went on this uh, visit, saw that, compared it to Rutgers, and compared it to winning tradition and you know, he was sold, you know, I mean, it's not, not that, that hard. There, there's a reason why they build these facilities. That facility yeah. was very impressive. And, you know, I got in, you know, it's just better than the hail center at this point.
2: Right. Absolutely. All right. Let's dive into the questions from project text. Uh, as you guys know, we go hype it up a lot. We're really enjoying doing it. NG.com slash text, Amir, uh, uh, just for a cup the cost of a cup of coffee. You get to listen to us and yell at us on the text. All right, so I threw it open to questions, and I mean, I have to say most of them were, were pretty uh, pretty dark, <laughs> guys, uh, related to regime changes, and I can't wait, but we'll get into some of them. The first one's interesting, you know, that I, I think it, it relates to what happened, the fact that Rutgers did go on this trip with a, a charter full of its highest rollers. And the question is, are Rutgers boosters powerful enough? As they are many colleges to call for a re- regime regime change, Sergeant, I mean, what do you think? So traditionally, it may be no a more uh, They're here powerful what's, what's your yes. sense? They're,
1: they're, you know, they, they do wield power. However, that being said, yeah. uh, the, the, the way Rutgers is tr- traditionally operated is um, the board of governors appoints the president. The president hires the AD. The, the AD is charged with hiring and firing coaches. That's the way it, it, it's always been. They can put pressure. You know, they could put pressure publicly they could put pressure with the, uh, their wallets by not donating By there's a lot of things that they could do but that being said it's not the way they've traditionally operated um, it, it's just um, you know that, that, that's right. the way it's gone you know at Rutgers for a long time um, you're right I mean you' you are hearing that you know there are people who who aren't thrilled about you know the 30 nothing was was a little alarming uh, there there the the general vibe was they a lot of people thought that even if they don't beat Iowa, the days of Rutgers being totally anemic and inept on offense might have been over after the the opener against UMass. And I think, it, I, I think it, hit, it impacted a lot of people. I think it was alarming. I think I would say for
0: the donors, the boosters, the general fan base, I get the feeling after talking to people the past few days, I probably could count on my two hands the number of people who still have hope that this can turn the corner. I think that – I think this lost to Iowa was really kind of like a, oh, no, this is not going to be different. And at this point, is it ever going to be different if it's not different at year, year four? So.
2: Yeah. We're get, uh, so we're getting a lot of questions also about – and this is, again, this is why, why you beat Boston College? Because it, cha- it flips the narrative. People want to know this. Is Ash, if Ash is fired midway through the season, who is named interim coach? John McNulty question mark. I mean, the fact that we're even talking about that is, is, I mean, it, it speaks to, you know, what people are thinking about. I mean, listen, I mean, like, like John. McNulty? I've
1: talked them for a long happen. time, you know, longer than anyone on this beat. We all love his press conferences. Yeah. I'll say this. The offense has been not any better, you know, since he took over. Um, there could be a lot of issues for it. Yeah. But if you're just talking, you know, to be fair, the offense was a big problem against Iowa. It was a big problem a year ago. Um, I think, you know, look, right. everyone wants to talk about speculation. If season goes you know, the way where there had to be a change, you know, come, uh, it's not happening in Maryland. Uh, you know, if there, if it was to happen, I would say again, Illinois, you'd have the bye that, that, and then you would know what happened in October. You'd have homecoming after that. You know, that would be like the natural if there was to be something to happen, you know, it's college football, folks. They don't, Fire coaches midseason generally doesn't happen. If it does happen, it would be Pat Hobbs making the change, making the announcement to get ahead of the other schools that are going to be making a change, and letting Chris finish out the season with his team. That would be how how it generally goes. You know, it's not the NFL where you where you make a change midseason mm-hmm. to you know appease whatever and change the locker room, get a new voice. It's just not the way it works. You let the the head coach finish out. Uh, with with his team, that would be generally speaking the way way it goes.
2: Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, do you agree? Do you agree with that scratches? I mean, you know, it just seems so rutgers like to be that prepared to to be able to make a change at that point. But there, I mean, there are some there are some benefits. I mean, getting ahead of the narrative, having those home games. What do you think?
0: I agree with Sarge. I mean, that's how it's done. And I, again, like, I think, like, until they play the BC game and maybe they play a couple of those games in October, it's premature to discuss. But what I am kind of fascinated about is, let's say they lose to BC. I think all three of us are in agreement. They're going to lose to BC. Then they're going to lose to Michigan. They're going to be one and three. I tend to think they're going to lose to Maryland just because I think Maryland's going to be able to out athlete them on offense. And I don't know if Rutgers, I don't think Rutgers can score. 38. I don't think Rutgers could go win 45, 42 like they'd have in the past against Maryland. So now you're one and four. You still got to play Ohio State. You still got to play Penn State. You still got to play Michigan State. You still got some tough, you know, Indiana, Illinois. Illinois, I mean, it's a Big Ten road game. Minnesota. It's like you got four home games left in your final six games. You have four home games, I think, after October 15th, you know, midpoint of October. What are those crowds going to look like? And I understand it maybe from, I'm only talking about from a financial standpoint because they know that they
1: the season ticket base has plummeted. That they, they no one's coming like, that's out. You, it, it. You know, to, like, for John McNulty. No one's coming out for Andy Boo. No one's coming out for Noah Joseph. Whoever they make the change at that point, no one. You're, you're talking about a one in four, one in five program at that no, point. no, I, no I, one is not changing anything. They are resigned to. You know, no, to no, to, no, to the fact no, that the no. attendance has plummeted and it is what it is and the only thing that's gonna change it is winning. And you're no, th- not, they're not com- no one's coming out all of a sudden trows a comic I'll beat the
2: Right, he means they're going to come out and yell. That's to what I'm and saying. Like, I'm, not, I'm, not, not what bring, I'm not talking about like their bring. The I'm not talking, like
0: talking, like talking, like talking about like the change bringing people into the stadium. I'm talking about the people that do show up are going to be booing yeah, that, and screaming. And you know, look,
1: and torches. Whether whether oh, yeah. it's
0: realistic or not, the specter yeah. of Greg Schiano hangs over this entire oh, thing. God. Because he's out there and he's not doing anything. So I'm saying, do they want to have just nobody in the crowd, but you're this there to, because I, I, like, because I in college, when when a coach is unpopular, when when that coach gets removed from the situation, most people just default to supporting the kids and supporting their university. Right. But if you, if you don't make a change, are you going to have your, 10,000 people in the stands, and all 10,000 are going to have nasty signs and screaming things and bring back Greg Chance. I don't know. Maybe Rutgers doesn't want to have that for homecoming or when they celebrate the 150th anniversary. That's, I think, the factor is. There's nothing football-related that that would necessitate a change because football is what it is. But All right. that stuff—I wonder if that becomes a factor at some point.
2: It's a great point. I hadn't thought about the anniversary, but that's a that's that's a good that's a great point. All right, here's here's an actual football question, and then with something I think I think you guys are writing about this week, so it's timely. With players such as Blackshear, Pacheco, Melton, and Carter, how do you rate the offensive talent compared to even the flood error? Why are there so many shutouts and lack of yards? And it's, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, you, you think back to it, this, this program has produced a ton of off, good offensive players. Is it that much of a big drop-off? Is, is that the, I mean, obviously they've had all sorts of, they've had three different coordinators in four years under Ash. Is that well, it? Well, 2014 just, when Kyle, uh, uh, 2012 when he first took
1: out. over, he inherited a lot of Greg, Greg Shanna players, so, <laughs> so um, you know, <laughs> The, 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 question is, you know, later in the Kyle Flood era, is it, is it, is the talent gap, uh, different? I'll say this, you know, Leontay Carew was an NFL player, didn't have a great NFL career, obviously, but, you know, he was drafted in the third round there, you know, at one point, people thought he was a, like a legit NFL prospect. You know, Chris has had that type of offensive player. Um, is, is it, I think, you know, no. I go back to what Chris uh, said at you know in, in in the summer that this was his most talented team and, and the deepest team. So I guess yeah again to to not overreact over over one really really miserable offensive showing, um, I'll say I guess the proof would, will be in the pudding you know at, you know down the line. But right now it looks like you know I I, I went into the season thinking that Chris Ash's team had more talent than late in the Kyle Flood era. Right now I I don't think so.
2: crutch
0: I yeah I think that they no I'm sure those flood teams had more offensive talent and, you, and the thing too is I think that it's a style of offense they play like a, a team that had a functional offense would have found a way to score 7 10 14 points against Iowa in garbage time you know it's not that hard to do you know I mean
2: I I just watched the Giants do it exactly, against the Cowboys yeah <laughs> you know like
0: you know, that's what I keep on coming back to is that the shut the shut that's what's so jarring about the shutout, especially in college football when you know like you're you're running out like fourth string kids, you know. Like yeah. you're running, running out on the road,
2: especially on. yeah. Iowa played every every kid in every kid in the Des Moines area was on that field. Yeah, exactly,
0: <laughs> you know. Like like think about all the games they played against Ohio State. Like especially like games in the big house where like Urban Myers like okay like you know my my fourth year senior walk on off like defensive lineman like this is the one chance the kid's gonna get to play it for Ohio State on a Saturday. Like get in there, son. And they they haven't been able to get points. That's what's like scary. I think it's a combination of the talent because you know they're lacking in areas. I think it's a combination of the the constant scheme changes. And honestly, too, like they're so paralyzingly conservative in everything. Like when are they going to let Corsack roll to his right and tuck it and run? When are they going to you know just try a trick play? And McNulty's done some of that. Like he's tried trick plays just to score points. You know, I think back to the Jonah Jackson, like the. The pass, the the screen pass on the, near the goal line against Illinois last year, it's just they just don't. I and I think honestly the biggest issue is they can't throw the ball.
2: Yeah, because a lot right, of these games, if you if you
0: can, if you can pitch. pitch and catch two, three conditions against third string cornerback, touchdown,
1: you know, no, shutout's over.
2: It's talent, that quarterback. It's talented quarterback. The 2015 and why Rutgers two football team, Kyle Flesh last it. season had four
1: or maybe five uh, guys, um, you know, who had a cup of coffee at some point in the NFL. We're talking Leonte Carew. We're talking, uh, well, uh, Sebastian Joseph's a starter, you know, on, on the Rams right now. Um, we're talking, uh, Bless Austin, who, who, who was, uh, drafted and he's on a practice squad. Um, and, um, Quentin Gawes, you know, had a cup of coffee in the NFL. Isaiah Wharton. So, you know, defensively, I, th- I think, you know, they, they probably had more talent. Offensively, I think it's kind of similar. Same type of, uh, offensive lineman. Um, you know, Paul James was a running back. Chris Laviano was a quarterback. Um, it's, 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 it's a good question. I, I, I think the 2015 team is probably more talented.
2: Yeah. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's wrap it up there. We will see our prediction for next week when we hopefully have more information. <laughs> I'm going to have to log on Instagram to make sure I've got all of my <laughs>
1: correct. teams. Like, well, well, well. You I might have to, to see because the you know, you know, news, news there really isn't a whole lot of accidents this week. Yeah. Uh, we have yeah. one day of, of accidents. So we don't get to watch practice. Yeah. We, you know, we don't yeah, get to know. talk to John McNulty, or, or so. Yeah. Um,
0: don't get sucked to players, you know. Yeah.
2: Hey, you look, know, you look, know who look, did this at the end, too? Kyle yeah. Flood did this at the it, end. I'll just, it, it, I'll you just make that thing. Day. They have
1: a big game against Penn State, right, Cratch? Uh, but, you know, Pat Narduzzi uh, you know allowing access to players. So sometimes coaches, they just try to batten down the hatches. You know, but, you know, Rutgers is in a different situation. I think they're batting down the hatches because they just want to – avoid distractions and you know that sort of thing i guess but um you know th- any fans who, who who you know who, who want to read a nice little feature or follow up on adam korsak you're going to be out of luck
0: For breaking news to, to to uh to coach narduzzi who you know hey might be dealing with him someday Ah. Uh, it's not going to work. Wow,
2: that's, that's, a, that's a good, that's a good little nugget to drop in the forty-third minute of the podcast. All right,
0: it's not going oh, no. to work. You're going to lose the Penn State.
2: <laughs> signing off from the Rutgers rant. a really good episode, guys. I enjoyed it. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. Steve Pulity, James Cratch, Keith Sargent Signing off. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.